you don't go buy like the hat first or the I bought the low car. ticket car, bro. <laughs> Me, you know what I'm saying? You bought a low ticket car. However, you didn't go buy like the book about the car, yeah. the hat. When you want to go get a Bentley, you don't go get the Bentley hat or the Bentley book or some videos. You go buy the Bentley. You know what I'm saying? When you yeah. go buy your crib, the same thing. Welcome to the Smartest Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo guys, what is up? This is your boy John. And dude, uh, this guy, he, this guy, the only reason why he is on this call right now is simply because he's in semi-lockdown here in Atlanta. Other than that, he would be so busy on the road changing lives really just straight up changing lives and doing major things. He just was crowned by like Yahoo uh, business as the king of client attraction. And we're going to find out really what that means and how he does what he does and, and, and what's going on. So Marquel Russell, what's going on, Marquel? What's, the, what's going on, John, man? Thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm super excited to be here. You know, I got a ton of respect for you and the work you're doing out here. Um, so I'm definitely excited to be here, man. Yeah, man. I mean, this is very exciting for me as well because, you know, we run in the same circles a lot around the city. We yep. see each other a lot, but usually, you know where we see each other? It's loud, you know? <laughs> Very true. Usually at an after party or it's at an event where other things are going on. If we sit and chat, we're being yeah. disrespectful of people on the stage. True. You know Very what I'm true. saying? So Very this true. is an opportunity to just do what you say people ask you all the time, which is to pick your brain. I, I, and I remember you did a post about that. Tell me about the thing with picking brain. I think this is great information for people. Yeah, so basically, so I, I get messages all the time with like, hey, man, I want to pick your brain, I want to pick your brain. So the other day, I had a guy message me on Instagram. He was like, hey, man, just want to pick your brain a bit. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, picking brain picking sessions aren't complimentary. So where should we send your invoice, right? And, uh, I don't think I, I th did he respond back? I'm not sure if he responded back. But that's going to be my new reply when people want to, you know, pick your brain. Because pick your brain Cause like for me, when I reach out to somebody that I respect and I respect their knowledge and what, cause like I know people have invested time and money to get the knowledge they have, right? So I'm simply gonna reach out and say, hey, how much is it for some of your time? Or what type of programs do you have? Or what do you have where I can work with you? That type of thing, not like, hey, can I pick your brain? You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. I mean, that's just, that's so, so good information. Okay, so let's go into your story a little bit. Did you ever, like before all the, the you know, the entrepreneurial stuff, did you ever work on the plantation, the plantation? And what was your background there? 
so yeah, so interesting enough, I did a little bit, right? So I never really had a job longer than six months. Um, I think six months may have been the longest. So I always been entrepreneurial, I always been kind of rebellious naturally. So I didn't really like people telling me what to do. So a job was really hard for me. Um, I, so I, I was, I, as a young kid, I was always like taking out the trash for people, making money, cutting grass, making money. Um, I ended up start selling drugs when I was, you know, got a little older, dropped out of high school in 10th grade and went full time in the streets. And um, I did like, um, in terms of jobs, I did like, um, I worked at Petro here on Bankhead. You familiar with Bankhead? I worked at the yeah. big Petro for like two weeks. Um, I worked at like Wendy's and Burger King, I think for like a week or two, just enough to get a check so I can go do my thing with it. Um, and in the longest job I had, my mom, she actually was really good in telemarketing. She started her own telemarketing office and um, she had me come in and like manage it. Right. I was managing the sales office. And I think that was probably and I had a leadership role then. Right. So somebody was telling me what to do her. But I was like next up the back kind of thing. So I think that's the job I've had the longest, which was also short lived as well. Um, so I definitely um, haven't don't have a ton of experience in the working. I probably don't even have like five years total combined. Now that I think about it, if that and like on the job experience. OK. So, I mean, just based on what you're telling me, uh, let's go with when you was working at your with your mom, was that sales that they were doing out of that office? Yeah, so we were selling magazine subscriptions. So oh. we were selling magazine subscriptions. Uh, we had, you know, people on the floor that had their list of leads. Um, and that's actually, telemarketing is how I bought my first car. I got suspended from school for 10 days. Um, and my mom was like, you're not sitting around the house, you're going to work. So she brought me to work with her. She made me sit and wait in the, um, the, the, the lunch area and read this book called A Time to Kill. And then I came out on the floor after I read it and was like, it seemed like all they was doing was reading the script. And I was like, all they're doing is reading the script. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, she was like, you want to try it? I'm like, yeah. So I start calling people, reading the script, and I sent up a few leads. And next thing you know, I hear somebody bing it. So like in telemarketing, I don't know if you've been in the telemarketing sales room before. You probably have. Um, and when when you send up a lead and it's, it goes through, they hit the bell, they're like, ding, ding, ding. And they said, Markwell. And I was like, oh my God. So, and it was, it was on from there. So I, I made 800 bucks that week. I'm 15, 16. And I went and bought this car that I had looked at up the street and it only lasted a little while, but um, that's how I bought my first car. And that's kind of what sales, we were selling magazine subscriptions um, at this particular office that my mom was running. Yeah, dude, that's uh, that, there's a lot there to unpack because I think at a young age like that mm -hmm. to have acknowledgement, the bell ringing, hearing yeah. your name, and yeah. then getting the reward, absolutely. 100%. I can see how that can definitely, you know, a light can go on in, 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 in your whole thing. All right, let's move from, from there. Did you move from there to the streets? I mean, so, to, the, to the street hustle, the game, the whatever you want to call it. People you mean know. from managing the office, right? Yeah. So here's the crazy thing. So I was like in the streets, like when I was like 15, 16, like that was my thing. I was in the streets, I was driving. So I was known for like being the guy doing that type of stuff. And I did that all up until 17, 18, 19, 20, to my mid 20s, right? So when I got introduced to net, I got introduced to this whole world via network marketing. So I got introduced to network marketing. And at that point, I was trying to do network marketing. I was still in the streets. So at one point, I ended up getting locked up for like a warrant I had. So I went, went to jail one more time and I was like, okay, this is, I'm tired of this type of stuff. So when I got out, I was like, I'm cutting my ties with the streets. I'm gonna figure this internet home business stuff out. 
So I just went all in on it, buying courses and stuff. And I literally ran through all the money that I had, um, say, put to the side, buying courses and all this different type of stuff, but I wasn't implementing anything. So I got to the point where I had to move out of the apartment I was living in. My girlfriend at the time, who's not my wife, she actually had to move me into another apartment. It was like $400 a month in um, Washington Road. So you kind of understand what I got for 400 bucks a month. So I moved into there. And at this point, she was paying the bills. She was the one working. I was trying to figure this internet stuff out. And I got to a point where I was like, hey, I need to get some more cash coming in. So I took a job working, managing at my mom's sales office. And it was only like 400 bucks a week. So so I was like, I got to get some extra money coming in, number one, so I can help out with the bills as much as I can. And then also so I can make me some more money to buy me some more of these courses and stuff to um, figure this internet stuff out. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Give me, I'm, I'm going to ask you this one question. Okay. All right. What is the biggest misnomer of a street hustle? I think the biggest misnomer of street hustling is like most people think that uh, people who like hustling the street, dealing drugs and so forth. Now, of course you got people who like rob and stuff. Like right. That. That's a different type of thing. But like when it comes to like selling drugs and things of that nature, I think these are, and we've seen it, these individuals end up being some of the most savvy business owners, legitimate business owners ever. A lot of times they just don't know how to run a legitimate business until they're taught how to do it. And when they're taught how to do it, they succeed at the highest level. And like I tell parents, when I speak at, I do a lot of stuff with the youth. And I tell the parents and the, like the crowd, I'm like, hey, kids typically sell drugs because they have common sense. It's like you can spend 50 bucks and you make 100, you spend 100 and then you make 200, you spend 200, you make four and you keep flipping your money. And if they're smart with it, now they can actually build something versus going out to blow it. But they're like, if they go to a job, they make eight bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. They got to work. If it's $10 an hour, they got to work 50 hours to make 500 bucks. And they can just go stand on the block for a little while or do whatever and they can make that easily. It like it doesn't make sense, especially after they've seen their family do that model for so long mm. and it not work out. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think the biggest misnomer is like these individuals just want to be mischievous or menaces to society, but that's not really what it is. They really want to get out of whatever situation they're in. Um, and that's the only way they really know at that point. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, because you know, like even when I was growing up, and I, I mean, we're, you know, several, we're different generations, really. I mean, you're a millennial, I'm Gen X. But even when I was growing up, there was, I definitely know that I was an entrepreneur from mm-hmm. birth, right? But there's no outlet. There was no, you know, there was no role model. There were no courses, you know, and I remember people would call me cheap because I was always enterprising, trying to make money. Right. But they would say, oh, you cheap. You won't let me ride in the car without giving you gas money. No, fool. I got the car so I can get the gas money. I'll take you to the mall. I can get something with the money you just paid me for the gas. You know, they just never there was there's this enterprising thing in a lot of young people. And if there's no outlet for them, they'll find a way to do something with that and be enterprising. Fantastic. All right. So now you're into, you know, the sales world and you've said, look, I'm going to start educating. What out of the education you got, which one really kind of stands out for you that really had an aha moment for you? What any of those trainers? Went back to the online stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I think the biggest thing for me was like, I guess the first one, because I was introduced to, um, this was, I was in network marketing and I was introduced to this four part video series on how to magnetically attract network marketing team members to me, right? So this book, I got the, the four part video series led to this buying this book. It was a, it was a PDF, um, an ebook by um, Mike Dillard by um, so-called Magnetic Sponsoring. So that was my first introduction to direct response marketing. Mm. And that actually took me down the, a rabbit hole, of course, as you know, of like continuing to learn. Cause I'm like, dang, you can generate people to you. You can generate leads online. All these people making all this money online. I mean, it was crazy to me. So I think that was my gateway drug to this, to this whole world. And, and where did you, go ahead, go ahead. And I was gonna say, and I got that. And then I was also introduced to personal development and I think that was the biggest thing. So I was introduced to like Jim Rohn. I still listen to Jim Rohn to this day. Les Brown, Miles Monroe. And these guys were just talking a different language that I had never heard. Mm. Jim Rohn was the biggest one. I was like, he's making it make total sense. And it's, plain, and it's simple and plain, but I've just never heard it explained like this. And I was hooked. So I, took, I was obsessed with listening to that stuff and obsessed with learning this online marketing stuff. And that every waking hour, I was just, I was like, man, these people just think differently than the people I'm used, I grew up around. And there's no shades of people I grew up around, but it was just like, that's what we were taught. But it's like, these people just think differently. And I was just obsessed with like learning, like, well, how do they think? You know, what are their habits? Like, what books are they reading? I'm the type of guy where like, if one of these people who I'm listening to, they mention a mentor that they work with, or they mention a book they read. I'm the guy that's going straight to Google or YouTube, finding that mentor or looking for that book, right? Going to the source because I'm like, these guys just, they know something that I don't know. So I was just obsessed with like figuring what those things were and teaching it to other people. Mm, that's awesome. I mean, I think this is great. Uh, and, and that wisdom, like the Jim Rohn's, I mean, it still works today. It's 100%. very universal, mm -hmm. you know? It's not like you sit there and be like, well, that was back then. It's like, no. no the principle is still in, in full swing today. It's totally it? relevant. It's totally relevant. Awesome. All right. So how, you said you took some of that and started teaching others. When did you, you know, what was that like? What, when did you make that transition from not only consuming, but also teaching others? So one of the biggest things I did was, um, so I bought a course for my guy, Adam, one time. And I was, at this time, I was trying to learn everything. So I was buying all types of stuff. And one of the biggest things Adam told me on it, because his course came with a coaching call. And Adam was like, hey, look, man, all you got to do is pick one thing to focus on. Don't try to do everything. Just pick one thing. So the thing I chose was like content. And he was like, look, create a piece of content every day for the next 90 days. So I created, a piece, and that's, it's, this time I was blogging. So I was creating a piece of blog content every day. And I was, I was doing blogging and I was doing like video SEO. So ranking videos on the first page of Google and YouTube. So it was like create a piece of content every day for the next 90 days. So I did that and I started doing like two or three pieces of content every day. And, and all I was doing was just teaching what I was learning. So it was like, hey, I learned how to, and I was teaching network marketers because I came out of network marketing and I knew these network marketers were struggling. So I was like, hey, I figured out how to generate leads online. I'm going to show you what I'm doing. So I was like, all right, I learned how to generate a lead. So I teach that. I learned how to recruit somebody on Facebook. I do a video teaching that. I got, I had 10 leads today. I do a video on how to teach that. And then I started, I created my first course. It was, a, it was called My Blog Empire Pro. So it was basically how to create a blog, how to monetize a blog, how to get leads on a blog, how to create content. 
and all that. And it was cool. I made a few sales from it. And then a few, a little bit down the line, I end up writing a book. I had a, I paid a guy to teach me how to write a book because I want to teach other people all this stuff I was learning from like Jim Rohn and Les Brown and all that. So a little while later, I taught people how to, I created a course called Publishing for Profit Mastery. It was um, like 97 bucks and I just taught them how to launch their book, right? I taught them how to launch their book. I made like 15 grand that month. Well, 13 grand. I remember it actually, it was $13,430.83. So that following week, that following month, I did another webinar and I pitched a, a, a course called the Rapid Business Growth something. I forget, Rapid something. And I basically was like, hey, I'm going to teach y'all how I did $13,430.83. So I created a little course teaching them that, right? So then I started seeing that people actually wanted me to coach them. So, and I didn't really know what coaching was, to be honest with you. But I started teaching other people in a personal setting, like what I was doing and people was getting results. And I started realizing that coaching was a real thing. And then we, we grew that. That's how I initially got to the first six, six figure mark. Cause you know, early on online, it's like getting to $10,000 a month is like the Holy grail. It's just like so much bread. Right. So I got to that consistently doing this um, low ticket coaching model. And then people want to know how are we getting coaching clients? And I started teaching people how to get clients. And then I started saying that there was a huge need for people who want to learn how to generate leads, how to get clients for their business. So I just decided, you know what? And at this time, I'm still doing network marketing a little bit. So at this point, I'm like, you know, if I just cut off network marketing and just focused on my own thing, I could really, you know, make some massive things happen. So that's when I just carved out and said, you know what? We're going to go specifically on this particular area to help people master this particular skill set. And I mean, now this is like you're teaching as you're learning yep and you're teaching not only what you just learned but then like you applied it yep. and then taught the results exactly i learned something i implement it get a result and then i'll teach what i did oh <laughs> that's so different than the way people do it now oh for sure most people now they go through a course and they just teach what they just learned in the course they haven't went out and implemented it because like what people are realize is like when you get this this system or whatever, uh -huh. there, sometimes there may be a little iterations, right? It may not go exactly as the course said. It's not anything wrong with the course creator. That's just how life and business goes, right? And nothing, right. nothing in business and marketing is that matter of fact. So that's why when people come to me and they're like, well, if I spent this much, how much am I going to make on ads? I'm like, well, we don't know until we launch. Like I, if I told you a number, I'd be lying. Because marketing is not that matter of fact, right? I could say, that's why I hate when gurus say, video, if you're going to do ads, do video, don't do anything else. Video is the only thing that's working right now. That's just so not true. Because you can do images and they work extremely well as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got to test stuff out. So for me, I'll learn it. And I'm like, all right, let me test that out. And I'll test it out and I'll get a result and I just make my own methodology. And then I'll teach it about what I discovered from this process and it's kind of make, make it my own. Yeah, that's, that's a, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, um, when you did this 90 days, cause I love that little thing that he told you and that you did, when you mm -hmm. did that 90 days, did, were you, did you not have an offer at all? You were just growing your audience? Yep. I was just growing my audience and then growing my email list. And I was in this, I was in a, um, I was in this member. So it was this membership site I was in that taught network marketers how to market online. 
So okay. I didn't have my own platform. I used to just, I was an affiliate for theirs. So I used to have my, me on the front end, my free giveaway, and I would point them to their membership. And then I would just get paid a recurring, you know, membership every time they paid their monthly thing. So that's, that was my, it was an affiliate thing that I was, I was sending them to. All right. Well, so when you launched your first product or, or the first successful, you said you made like 13,000 on that actual thing. What, how big was the list at that point? Would you say? So good question. So the first one I launched with the first one I created, it was called, it was, that was the blogging course. So, I mean, I probably would have maybe a couple hundred people. I sold a few of them, just some like hustling, just some like DMing people and stuff like that. Really didn't have a real strategy. When I did the book course, um, I had an email list. I'll call it maybe a thousand, a couple thousand or something like that. Um, nothing like massive, but I just did a webinar um, and it wasn't a ton of people on there. And I just kind of, you know, just did the webinar formula that I had learned. And I'm like, let me just see how this thing works. And, uh, and, and, and here's the cool thing. I hadn't even had the course created when I did the blogging course. I pitched it and was like, hey, over the next six weeks, I'm going to show you how to create your blogging course. I mean, your, um, your book. I'm going to help you publish your book. Now what we did over those six weeks, I just recorded those modules live with them on. And then um, they can ask me questions. And then I just took those recordings, hosted them on a video thing. And then I would just continue to sell them ongoing. This was like before I knew about I knew about ads. Uh -huh. I, was just, I was like, I ain't ready for ads yet. So I was just, somebody, like, doing it, just like hustle. Did somebody teach you this model or this is something you discovered during your just whole thing? I just, so nobody really told me like this, how you should do it. I was right, just right. watching other people do it. And I was just like, all right, you know, let me, let me test it out. Cause I couldn't like, at this time I didn't really have the money for like coaching. I could buy some courses and stuff like that, but I was just like doing stuff. And I was like, all right, let me just, I was just all over. I was just testing different stuff. And I was like, all right, well, let me do a webinar and see how this works. And I sold it for like 97 or 197 or something. And um, I'm like, okay, this, this is working. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. And then <laughs> I created a, a buddy of mine named Lonnie. I think you know Lonnie, Lonnie Robinson. He's actually one of my first online mentors. And um, I actually, when I met him, I had my first blog. Uh -huh. and he was like, man, we got to fix this. He was like, you got to get on Optimized Press and stuff like that. So he got me all the way right. And then um, he had me create a membership site for network mm. marketers. He was like, man, you should charge $9.97 a month for them to get this information or whatever. And I'm like, $9.97? I'm like, you sure, man? It's kind of low. He was like, trust me, just do it. So I did it. And then I, we got some people in there. And then I just started slowly, gradually increasing it. And then we got it to $97 a month. And that's actually what led me into like the coaching and the events and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, because you now you're building and it's swelling and yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, I yeah. can do it. And people, and I find it interesting, though, uh, what's the difference? Let's ask you this question. What's the difference between picking your brain and coaching? I think the difference in picking your brain is coaching is coaching is more strategic. So if you're working with the right coach, everything is strategic. They're not just giving you information. If you're just picking somebody's brain, that means for that means you're just asking them questions. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know the right questions to ask. So if, mo if most if I gave somebody an opportunity to just pick my brain, all of the questions they would ask me 99.9% .9 of the time will be the total wrong questions. They'll ask questions like, well, what funnel builder should I be using? Should I be using click funnels or should I be using this? Uh, what autoresponder should I use? Um, 
what time you send out an email if they ask that but most of the time it's like tool based question it's just like tactical based stuff so most people ask the wrong questions so like a brain picking session isn't even advantageous because there's nothing strategic about it and you don't really know the questions to ask you know what i'm saying so it's like for me i know you're the master when it comes to like e-com and things of that nature i don't even know if i want to get in the game i don't even know the first questions to ask you I, i may ask you like well what's the best products to promote right and it's like that's probably the wrong question right you, you see what i'm saying you probably yeah, like yeah, well, yeah yeah i always tell people that's the that. easy part that's the easy part <laughs> but it's like it's all the other stuff that i don't see that makes the thing work it's not yeah. like what's the best product today because we already know business ain't really got nothing to do with product to be honest with you some of the best businesses in the world have a terrible product mcdonald's for example it's not the best product <laughs> But they have, their market is amazing. So it's like a brain picking session. Like you don't know what questions, you don't know what you don't know. So it's kind of like, all right, let me pay you for coaching. You take me through your process and I just submit to your process and then just follow it. All right, man. Okay. So let's get to client attraction. Sure. What is that to you? And, and what it, what, what's the meaning there? I mean, I get it. I know what a client is. I know what attraction is. But I, but I mean, I'm sure you have a, a, a real, very clear definition. For sure. So basically, client attraction is the ability to take a complete stranger from not knowing who you are to within 24 to 48 to 72 hours, or maybe even a year, just depending on the process. But essentially, you taking them from being a complete stranger to being somebody who's in a situation where they're pulling their card out and they're paying you $3,000 to $10,000 or more for your knowledge and expertise without you doing endless reach out, without you doing hustling 24-7, all different types of stuff, is you putting out strategic marketing that's taking somebody from not knowing who you are to somebody who's saying, I have to work with you. And that that process is all happening completely hands-free. Mm. And I mean, that's basically what, I mean, I, you, people throw around the word high ticket. But I mean, when you're talking three, five, seven, ten thousand dollars, I think that's pretty high ticket. How do people, you know, how do you how do you justify asking for that kind of money? So basically, you just really think about like the transformation you're providing because you're really not even selling like your time. You're really selling the transformation. So I think one of the biggest ways to look at it, and I shared this with my clients the other day, is think about what you sell, whether you're a coach, whether you're a consultant, or whatever. If you think 30 years out, what, what you're selling them, what is that going to be worth to them 30 years from now? And when you really do that math, you're like, man, it's going to be worth millions. What's going to be worth uh, a longer life? What's going to be priceless? Well, if you know that and you're only going to get paid one time for them to get paid for the rest of their lives on this, I mean, you can easily justify five, 10, 15, 25,000. Hmm. So why do you think so many people are stuck in the $97, $197, $297? Is that a waste of time? Do we, should we do those? I mean, I'm guessing I'm asking one of those questions, but right. still, I want your opinion on that. No, no, that's a great question. I don't, so like, it's a couple things. I, I don't think it's a waste of time. I think you got to have the right strategy though, because you and I both know, we, you and I both know people who make millions of dollars doing that model. So it works. I just don't think most people get the full picture. So like most people, they'll go out and they'll do a free plus shipping offer, a funnel, because they've seen Guru X do it. Mm-hmm. And then they're wondering why they're not making money on an ad on their ads. They're like, well, I'm doing this. I'm driving you know, traffic. Well, I'm like, well, you're driving them to what? And they're like, my free plus shipping offer. I'm like, well, what's the offer after that? 
And I was like, well, I really don't have an offer after that. Or, or they may say, I'm driving them to, uh, you know, $97 per month membership site or $37 per month membership site because they saw XYZ doing that. And they said memberships are the way to go. Le- low ticket memberships. And they kind of hacked their funnel, right? Like everybody tell you to do. But then it's like, after they buy your $37 membership, what offer do you have after that? And they're like, you know, well, nothing. But they wonder why they're not making money. So they don't really get the whole picture. And this was something for me as well. I didn't get the whole picture because as we said, it's always the stuff you don't see that makes it all work. So for me, in my mind, with the low ticket model, with the tripwire $37 offer, the goal, what I've seen is that you sell somebody something for 37, then you upsell them something for 97, then you upsell them something for 297, then you upsell them something for 497 or 997, and then ultimately you want to get them into your back end. Your back end is 5,000, 25,000 or more. And that's really what the real stuff is typically, right? You got some people out there who have some great programs at 997 or whatever, but for the most part, people want to get you into the 5,000, 25,000, $100,000 program because that's what the real meat is. So me, in my mind, I'm like, why don't we just start there? Right. If we know that's where the goods are in integrity, me and this ain't this ain't no shade to anybody else. This ain't questioning nobody integrity. But I know for me, I would rather just give them the solution at a premium price versus like having to go through all these steps and remove all the complexity. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like because because most people will say, well, you got to sell somebody something low ticket before they'll buy some high ticket. And that's just not true. We know that's not true. We don't buy like that. When you went out and bought your car, you don't go buy like the hat first. Or the I bought the car. low ticket car, bro. <laughs> Me, you know what I'm saying? You bought a low ticket car. I'm however, t- you didn't go buy like the book about the car, yeah. the hat. When you want to go get a Bentley, you don't go get the Bentley hat or the Bentley book or some videos. You go buy the Bentley. You know what I'm saying? When you yeah. go buy your crib, the same thing. So it's like, we know that people don't buy like that. They were uh, rather buy the thing. And, and for me, it just like, it would irritate me for you to continue to sell me your lower ticket stuff when you know your premium stuff is the best. Does that make sense? Oh, hell yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Not only that, there's a show. This is funny that I'm, I'm, we're talking about this. There's a show, I can't remember, but it's on Netflix. And the guy is a, a kind of scientific guy. It's like, the, I can't remember, but it's like the connection of everything. That's the mm-hmm. premise of the show. So this week, I just watched this episode, and they were talking about this law of numbers. You'll get this. This will be interesting, too. The law of numbers states that the number one will be like 30 times more relevant than the number two. And then, the, or it will show up more times in data than the number two. And then the number two will show up more times than three all the way down. So it makes this graphic curve from one up here down to nine, mm-hmm. right? And so the weird thing was that they were able to find this is a law, not, you know, just a coincidence. Any numbers you do, the one will be the first number that's represented more than any other number which is very weird right but the deal is just applying that law to what you're saying then the same thing is that people teach this model that you're only going to most people are only going to make one purchase from you it's true 
Wow. So if I up the purchase and spend the time to get to that number, I love that. That's, I love that whole thinking because yeah. really, you know, that's why I had you on. I think you're like the high ticket, you know, kind of guru. And the, it makes so much sense when you lay it out like that. Why bother with, and again, like you said too, we know people that make millions and that is their funnel, but that's not like the be all and end all. Yep, absolutely. I I believe in like, I'm I'm huge on simplicity. So it's like, I want simple, I want the straight line process. So it's like, I teach, what we teach our clients is called the rule of one. So it's like, it's like you have one, you have one target audience, like your dream client who like you absolutely want to work with. Number two, like what's your one irresistible godfather offer that's going to completely change their lives? That one offer and it's a premium price. You have one funnel to attract them. You have one conversion method. Like how do you convert them from a lead to a client? You get one traffic source. You send out one email a day. Um, you give yourself one year and re- to prune and remove stuff, not to make it complicated and add stuff. And then that'll lead to one million. Mm. We keep it really simple. Well, there you go. It's the one again. <laughs> it's the one again. There it it's is. It's the one again. I love it. <laughs> it's the rule of one. Yeah, changer. fantastic, man. All right. So last question for you. I know you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time. It's all good. Man. It's all good. And um, so if you, you know, the roles were reversed and you were sitting in my chair and you were interviewing yourself, what question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? Great question. So you said, what questions should you have asked me, but you didn't ask me? Um, probably what's the, what's the, what's the, two, what's the top three things that it really takes to build something significant, mm. you know, build a successful business relatively, right? You know what I'm saying? Build something significant. Yeah. I say, what's those, what was, what was the, what are those things? Okay. Those, what are the three things? So I would say, uh, I would say those three things are going to be vision, having crystal clear on what it is you want, like your vision. Because online, man, you'll get sucked into everybody else's vision, especially mm. if you start comparing yourself to everybody else, because you don't really know everybody else's story. So it's like, what's your vision? Not you don't want a jet because this person said you should have a jet, or this person said you should drive that car, but like being your vision and being comfortable in your own skin. That's number one. Number two, you're going to require mental toughness, right? Because things always typically take longer than you expect them to take. Um, And things typically never go the way we expect them to go, but you got to be willing to still stick it out. That's number two. And then number three is just coachability, extreme coachability, and I would even say four. Coachability and number four is consistency. So consistency, you beat more, you beat most people just by being consistent. I think our superpower is just consistency. I've been singing the same song every year for the past X amount of years. Don't switch it up. We send out an email a day. We create a piece of content. We run ads. We serve our clients. We help them get results. It's the same song. I have clients who come to me now who've been following me three, five years. And a lot of times they're like, look, I came to you because you're just consistent. You beat, most people are just consistent at being inconsistent. Just by you showing up every day consistently, you know, um, you beat most people just like that. Because like you, in this live, wrap it up with this. I heard this the other day and it was so powerful. It said, 
the only plant that grows fast is a weed. Like trees take time to grow. Like you want to be a tree and not a weed. Hmm. I was like, that makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. Right. But those are the things I would say. Awesome. Man. It's not the marketing stuff. It's not the sales stuff. You can learn that. Yeah. It's the inner game stuff that's really going to keep you in the game and keep you in the game long-term when your ad account gets shut down or, you know, you get a charge back or you get this. It's the inner game stuff that's going to make you keep going, not like this new ad method or this, this sales script. It's going to be the other stuff. You know, that's, uh, that takes me all the way back to your original, you know, story or the original job where it was, here's the script, just read the script over yep. and over and you're going to get the ding, ding, ding. Markel just made a sale. Bingo. Man, awesome. Man, thank you so much. See, he just keeps on giving. He's giving for like 40 minutes, and he's got more to give. Markel, thank you so much. And you know what? My uh, lawn man just came right on time. <laughs> he, came, he stopped for long enough for us to get this in. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. We're out. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening. Thank you.